This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You found the best podcast in the universe. It's Wednesday, the 19th of July, and you're listening to The Secrets. Welcome to this podcast of The Secrets, the podcast for anyone who is serious about writing. The Secrets home can be found at www.stormwolf.com. For the next 15 minutes, we'll talk about writing and how to get you even closer to seeing your name on the spine of a book. Welcome to The Secrets. This podcast is all about writing and how to get the success you want. This particular podcast is the second in a series I'm calling 21 Days to a Novel. It began in an impromptu manner in episode 17, which was the last episode, and looks like it's going to continue through episode 23. I'm Michael A. Stackpole, a novelist, short story writer, screenwriter, game designer, computer game designer, obviously a guy who just doesn't want to work any one job. I've got uh, 38 published books to my credit. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, I obviously do podcasts as well, and I play indoor soccer on Sundays, and uh, unlike the guys in the World Cup, I don't headbutt other players, at least not very often, and not intentionally. And if I'm nasal, I apologize, but for some reason, allergies are killing me. I've just started my 42nd novel, The New World. It's the last book in the Age of Discovery trilogy, and it was really a bare to outline. Though the writing's actually going pretty well, so I'm, I'm happy with that. The Secrets podcast is an audio companion to my writing newsletter, which is also called The Secrets. You can learn more about that newsletter on my homepage at www.stormwolf.com. Download the sample issues and decide if it's worth a dollar an issue to focus your writing on success. Issue 55 came out a couple of weeks ago. It contained an essay about how you can make work commercially viable, and I recommend it to everybody who's thinking about writing at all. In the last podcast, I suggested a program of four exercises to be spread out over four days. The purpose was to create a portrait of a character that had enough edges and interesting bits that you could write a story about that character. Over on the discussion forums at tsfpn.com, we had some intrepid souls show their work and solicit comments about it. What they produced was cool and a great start to learning how to write a novel. In this podcast, I want to add four more days of exercises, which will take us through day eight. These eight exercises will carry us mostly through the characterization portion of the process. But you'll have to understand that this is a dynamic process. You will end up modifying some earlier work based on subsequent exercises. Don't let it confuse you. Just make notes and keep pushing ahead. The end product of the exercise is where you'll start from. So changes to be expected and welcome. Don't be afraid of it. Just embrace it and go. One question that did come up in the forums was a really good and logical one. Are these exercises meant to generate material that will be part of the story or material from which you will write the story? Most authors have their own name for this kind of preparation. I call it book work, though I confess I'm not sure why I call it that. It could be because this is the kind of material I keep in a Bible or a book, and I'll refer back to it fairly often, especially when I'm starting out. I don't usually end up using any of this material verbatim in my books and stories. That's largely because the material isn't complete and consists of hints, whereas the actual novel requires some serious writing. So while it is quite possible that you might use some of the material directly in a story or novel, 
don't worry if you don't. In many ways, that's good. There's seldom anything more boring than getting a list of attributes about a character, as if that somehow defines the character. You want to ladle things out slowly and let the reader build up the image by incorporating new clues and facts. Info dumps rarely work and are hardly elegant. Elegant is definitely something you want, and through these exercises you can get there. Okay, if you think back, by the end of day four, you had a collection of ten paragraphs, each at least three sentences long. We're talking a page, maybe two of text. That's about how long the character descriptions are that I write up when I'm doing a book proposal. It's enough to let the editor know who the character is. I don't quite use the same material you've generated in the first four days here, but I'll often cover those same subjects. The character's current situation, his life as a student, his love life, his hobby, and his current occupation. Taken in combination, those elements do a pretty good job of defining a character, especially in the modern world, but it certainly works in, in other venues as well. In the first four days, we defined all of those things, looked at how they were going, and then countered them to explain why they might be changing or weren't going quite the way our character would want. That's pretty easy stuff. And I suggested that on day five, you might start to look for correspondences between those areas of his life. I actually don't think you need a day to do that, however, because as you've been pulling things together, that process really should be occurring naturally. So we're on to a new day five. Now this assignment's gonna be a bit more rigorous than the previous four days, but I'm confident you can do it. Why? Because you've actually done it all before. You've just spread it out over four days. On this new day five, you're going to repeat days one through four, but with a brand new character. This will be a character who's going to be involved in the story with your first character. At least that's your intention. If this second attempt creates a character that's totally hot and you're burning to shift and use them and ditch the other guy, that's cool. That will happen. If you do that, however, now you've got to create a second, second character. Did I just say that? Okay, you understand what I want. By the end of day five, you've got two characters. Second characters, by the way, just so you know, are sometimes called deuteragonists, which is one of those obscure factoids you learn when you're a writer. If the word was shorter, it'd probably be used in a lot of crossword puzzles. As it is, it just makes folks think you're really smart and literary, or you have way too much time on your hands, and the only thing you have to read is a dictionary. And just so you know, the secondary character doesn't have to be a villain. Eventually you'll want a villain for your story, but it doesn't always have to be human or alien or anything like that. The Shark in Jaws is a good example of a villain that wasn't human. While that story was fun because of the fight against the shark, the fact is that the joy of it came through the interaction of the main characters. All right, at the end of day five, we now have two characters with 10 paragraphs about each of them. That's a great start you're probably already thinking about how they will get along with each other and you might have pieces of dialogue floating around in your head. That's good, and you can even jot it down, but don't sweat it too much. We'll be getting to that in the podcast after this when I want to talk about dialogue and characters' voices. Day six's exercise is probably one of the most important you'll do. It ought to be done for every character you create and plan to use for any length of time. On day six, you want to write down, in two or three sentences, what each character's goals in life are. 
Think of it as generating the answer to, what do you want to be when you grow up? The answers don't have to be spectacular. Getting married and having a family is a viable goal. Writing a novel is viable. Learning a language, losing weight, stopping an annoying habit, or learning to dance are all functional as goals go. You could, if you want, try to answer that question in each of the life areas we've already discussed. The key thing is to project into the future where the character would like to be in one, two, five, or ten years from now. If you'll remember Harry from the last podcast, let's say his immediate goals are to stop drinking, get married, and to play the guitar well enough to join a band or perform weekend gigs. Yeah, it's probably something he did in college, or and is, is sorry he, he let drop. Now, the drinking goal is a big one, and could easily become the core threat of a novel. Frankly, we've all seen stories like that, where the guy descends into addiction and then comes back out. It's a nice redemption story, and everybody loves those. The guitar thing is good, provides some color, and might provide solace when he's failing at other stuff. And taking lessons could introduce him to a whole new circle of friends. Moreover, in a series setting, a minor goal like that, or learning how to dance or anything else in the continuing education vein, opens a character up for meeting new people and getting involved in the drama of their lives. This really works well if you're going to be doing detective stories. And the marriage goal is good because everyone understands and likes a love story. Love stories are very important to commercial work. Face it, everyone wants to see characters they like fall in love and live happily ever after, or at least get a little on the side. We've been told since we were toddlers that this is the true happy ending. We may be older, but that theme still resonates with us, so use it. But that's day six. Three sentences expressing major and minor long-term and short-term goals for each character. Fairly simple, and again, you can do more if you want to. Okay, now here's the fun part. Day seven, you have to write one sentence to explain why these characters have not yet attained their goals. Oh, wait, wait. Before you start, there's a caution and a chance for some extra credit here. The caution is this. The reasons they have not attained their goals should come out of the first 10 paragraphs you wrote about them. With Harry, the reason he's not married is because he's a drunk. It makes him unreliable, unstable, dangerous, perhaps violent, and probably has his career in freefall. About the only woman who's going to see Harry as a prospect is someone who plans on getting him to sign off on an insurance policy and then get him to drive his car off the road and die. And no, that's not a very nice prospect. But the idea came from a news story about two women who were befriending, marrying, and knocking off homeless men for the insurance money. They'd done it several times, made about 72 grand. Like I say, horrible story. Fascinating, but horrible. Now, if the goal block does not come from the 10 paragraphs you've already generated for your characters, generate a paragraph that explains the origin of the block. And no, that's not the extra credit part of the deal. When you create this new material, take a look at how it fits with what you've already done and make any notes of changes you need to make to the other stuff. Don't make the changes, just make notes. Let's look at Harry in this regard. Let's say I decide that the reason Harry's having trouble getting a date is because he's old. We haven't mentioned age before. He's past his prime. The hot young things he'd like to be dating want to know if he has a hot son for them to date or they want to introduce him to their mothers. Um, yeah, I actually had a friend, um, yeah, a friend, 
to whom that happened once that someone wanted to know if she could introduce him to her mother it was really funny or painful depending well enough about that um this age factor isn't one obviously that i'd used in describing harry before but it does make for some changes to things first off i could tag his drinking to the fact that he's depressed about being old i could also have had his wife ditch him for a younger man it's kind of a double whammy which will cover cover and color every other aspect of Harry's life. Now, I'd not go back and rewrite any of the previous paragraphs per se. I'd just make notes beside them saying something like see age modification and draw a big arrow down to the place where I refine things about his age. And yes, I'm a big advocate of doing all this on hard copy. It's because that's how I've gotten used to working. You might not want to print stuff out. I just find it comforting to have hard copy. Plus, it's dangerous to be reading from a computer when you want to do edits and sitting in the bathtub because that's, you know, if it's plugged in and it it's really bad. Okay, the extra credit part. When you look at the goal blocks, you get extra credit if the other characters attaining a goal is what will block the goal of the first character. In other words, if the character's satisfaction is working against someone else's satisfaction, you're set. This is most easily done, of course, if two characters have the same goal. If they both want to win the Olympic gold medal in the decathlon, there's an obvious conflict. One wins, one loses. But this opposition can be a lot more subtle. Let's take Harry and the whole marriage thing. Harry meets Nicole. She's a gorgeous young girl who's a talented singer. Harry meets her at a bar one night at an open mic thing. He's played a couple of songs, but he doesn't sing. So she asks him to play a song again, and she sings to it. The crowd loves them, and Harry is absolutely smitten. Problem is that Nicole doesn't want to stay in Iron City, or, you know, wherever they're from. She wants to make it big in Hollywood, or New York, or on the circuit. If she attains her goal, it will pull them apart. But if Harry attains his goal, her career dreams will be smothered. Sure, there's plenty of room for compromise, but compromises work when each person only has to come a baby step toward the other person. In this case, the compromise demands a lot more surrender from one party than the other. But dealing with that situation is what drama and character growth are all about. And that brings us to the end of Day 7. Okay, Day 8 is a toughie. It's very much like Day 5. In fact, it's almost exactly like Day 5 because on Day 8... You're going to do days 1 through 4, 6, and 7 for a third character. Again, this doesn't have to be a villain, and will be someone tied into the story. The caution and extra credit for day 7 still apply, as do the rules about making notes and moving forward. Now, why a third character? After all, in most villains, you have a protagonist and an antagonist, a hero and a villain. We've already seen that our character's goals can be in opposition, so that hero-villain thing is pretty much implied. Isn't a third character kind of a needless complication? Yes, it's a complication, no doubt about it. But it's not needless. All right, get close. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Most writers would think of a third character as needless. That's why these writers are purely pedestrian. They and their work is easily forgettable. Not leading you through all this so you can produce forgettable material. Sorry, if that's what you want to do, you know, go away. It just ain't happening, okay? 
I'm stepping you through this so you can create stories that will bury stories by pedestrian writers. I want you and your work to eat their work alive. I want your work to push them to work harder. And if they don't, they fail and make room for writers who will work hard, like you. That might seem a bit harsh. It might even sound cruel. But the simple fact is that entertainment generally, and publishing very specifically, has a tendency to chew people up and spit them out. Every published writer is aware that there are hundreds of people who would gladly take his place. So if he doesn't push himself to keep churning out work that is better than before, he's going to find himself unemployed. Now, I don't want to see any of my peers unemployed. Okay, check that. There are a few that I'd like to see unemployed. Well, actually, more than a few. No, I'm not going to name names. Suffice it to say, there are writers who have let their skills atrophy, and they aren't living up to their talent. Sure, everyone might falter, but it should be because they reached for the stars and only caught the moon, rather than not reaching at all. So, that's my mission, to make you into writers who reach for the stars and catch hold of them. I know you can do it, and these exercises will get you well on that road. Do them, and have your trio of characters ready for the next podcast. In that one, we're going to deal with dialogue and various little tricks you need to master if you intend to make your work unforgettable. This is Michael A. Stackpole for The Secrets. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit www.stormwolf.com to get your sample issues of The Secrets. Issue 55, with the essay on creating commercial successes, came out on July 1st. My latest book, Cardamancy, came out in February, in case you missed it. And it's the sequel to A Secret Atlas, in case you missed that one as well. And look, I just want to thank you all. I know in the last one I said that Cartomancy had just gone back to press. Well, since then, in those last two weeks, A Secret Atlas has gone back to press. When Dragon's Rage has gone back to press. The Grand Crusade has gone back to press. And I really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't gotten those books, go out and get them. If you have, you know, please turn your friends on to them. Uh, I appreciate it very, very much. And I think in looking at those books... You're going to see that I actually practice when I'm preaching here. Uh, I try and write unforgettable books, and that's really what I want to allow you to do. And just so you know, I have sat down and I've made notes, and I'm going to do a book called 21 Days to a Novel. I tend to have it done by the time we finish the podcast series. When I get it done, I'll give you details on how you can purchase it. Like The Secrets, it'll be a PDF, and you can just purchase it over the net and print it out. This uh, podcast also has discussion forums at www.tsfpn.com. Please feel free to come over there, ask questions, participate in the discussions about writing, and share your work on the exercises with other writers. The next podcast will be the third in this series, and as I mentioned a moment ago, it'll cover dialogue and finding characters' voices, and it will take you through days 9 and 10. This podcast is copyright 2006 by Michael A. Stackpole. I'll be back in two or three weeks or so uh, with more about writing and working with words. Until then, good luck with your writing.